Amen. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. She's going along with some of the things I'm going to talk about today. So it went really well. Matthew chapter 7. We're on a series called Weird. We're going to end it today. Um, doesn't mean we stop being weird. We continue to be weird and get weirder as we go, right? Amen. Compared to the world. We're becoming different. And the reason we want to be weird, because normal is not working. I mean, guys would agree. Normal is broke. Normal is sick. Normal is sin. Normal is shame. Normal is guilt. Uh, normal is death. And, uh, and we don't want to be normal anymore. So in, in chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, this is what Jesus said here. He says, enter through the narrow gate. And then he talks about the first road. And he says, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to where? Destruction. This broad is the road that leads to destruction. And then he said, many will enter through it. Now I want you to pause for a moment about that and kind of think about that. Many will enter through this broad road. Many do it. They all come around, says, ah, we're all together, everybody's doing it, but many enter through it. Now there's a verse that Jesus talks about, and he talks about where he says, there being that last day that many will come to me. And say, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out the devils in your name? Have we not done this in your name? And Jesus says, I never knew you. Wow, that's a scary verse, isn't it? Let's go on. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more later. just want you to think about that. But many go through this broad road. But then he says, he says, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to where? leads to life. But tragically, only a few ever find that. And so I, you know, I want you to understand that, that, that there, is, there is a decision, just like, like Sharon was saying, there's a decision we have to make that we have to decide, am I, am I really, am I walking the broad road or I'm, am I walking this narrow road? This narrow road is the one that leads to life and only a few people find it. Am I, one, am I the one who is going to do that? Am I the one who's going to operate in that? Now, as, as, as Christians, we want, to, we want to be on that road, but not in, in also in every part of our life. I want to be on that narrow road. I want to be on that narrow road in my finances. I want to be on that narrow road in my relationships. I want to be on that narrow road in my, in my ministry, in my serving, and who I am. I don't want any part of this world in me. I want to be all that God has for me, and I want to be on that narrow road. And, and, but that broad road, many people are on it and they think everybody's doing it and it's okay. And my, and my, 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 my thing about American Christianity, I, I worry and I pray about it. Are, are most American Christians, are they on the broad road or are they on the narrow road? It's just a question I have. It's not a judgment. It's a question. And we have to ask ourselves, every one of us, are we on that narrow road? Are we choosing every day to be who Christ has died for us and rose again for us to be? Are we living that life? We have to choose that. We have to choose, are we, are we living the life of God? And that's what this whole series has been about. Because there's always people, when you choose, and you're on that broad road, and you say, man, I've got to stop. It's just like what Sharon did, right? You decided that I've got to stop living the way I was living. 
I want to go, whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes to get on that narrow road, I'm going to go on it. We all have to be there in that place at one time or another. And I have to choose that. When I choose that, guess what the normal people are going to do? They're going to think, man, you're weird. You're different. They're going to come against you. They did that with Jesus because he was different. And that's what we're talking about. And that's what I want us to, to, to focus on. I want us to focus on, on that. I want this to be the m- main thing that you and I understand is, and to be able to ask that question all the time in our life. Am I choosing the narrow road? Am I choosing the life of God? Because it's going to be different. It's going to be different the way I think, the way I talk, the way I act, the way, way everything that goes on, the way I relate to other people. is going to be different from everybody else. But it's a good difference. And you're not going to worry because people call you weird because you know normal doesn't work. Right? Normal is depressed. Normal just doesn't work at all. Normal doesn't work at all. And so I want to talk to you about two ways, two views of God, two ways to get to God. One's a normal way that most people enter into, and one's a weird way. Only a few really end up finding it. Okay? The normal way, the first one, is religion. Man's normal attempt to reach God. Religion. Now think about it. It's virtually every religion in this world it has its own set of external, man-made, religious rules of trying to please God. Right? I mean, you yourself probably have had your own ideas of what it takes to please the Lord. And so when you, when you try to do that, you try to do that in your own strength, and when you fail, you think God is mad at you. Any religion says this. If you pick one, you pick a religion, and they say, then, then you usually pick your preferences. That's what, that's what normal people do. So they say if you behave this way, if you act this way, if you do these things and not these things, and you try to perform this, these ways, then you're going to be, you're going to please God. You're, and God's going to be happy with you. You can say, I, I, I pray this way. I kneel in this direction. Or I go to church on this day. Or I, I'm baptized this way. Or I, I don't go to those type of movies. Or I don't do those religious behaviors. You know, I, 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 you pick your rules sometimes. And it's, it's really, you're picking bondage. That's what normal people do. That's what normal people who go to church do a lot of times. They pick their own bondages. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't do anything for you. You say, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't run with girls who do. That's a country song, right? <laughs> and so I, I, I must be okay. God, I must be all right with God. But that's just, that's just junk. The problem is when Jesus came on the scene, he had to deal with a very religious group of people called the Pharisees. And he talked about one time, he talked about a cup. He says on the outside of the cup, it looks good. And he's talking about the external way of doing things. Your words, your behavior. I mean, it looks great, but inside, you're a mess. Inside, your heart is a mess. And that's what matters to God. Because religion focuses on the external. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13... We see it says here, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips. 
So he's saying here, on the outward, you're external. I mean, you're doing okay. Everything looks good and everything is right. You're, um, it, looks, it looks great to everybody else but God. But then he says, but their hearts are, from, are far from me. They, their worship of me is based merely on what? Human rules. And they have been taught what they have been taught. Listen, you don't please God by doing all the rules. Let me say that again. You're not going to please God just by doing all the rules. Because number one, you're not perfect. You're not going to do all the rules. Amen? You're not perfect. You don't, you don't line up with what perfection would look like. You can't do it. So religion has made this a normal attempt. Of the normal attempt is that, oh, I've got to do all these rules right. And it never does that. It never works. He says their worship is made up of only worship uh, rules taught by men. Religion, external efforts to please God. And the problem with religion, there's actually two problems with religion. Number one, the first problem is it leads to pride. Religion will lead to pride. The other one will lead to despair. You'll be despaired. Religion leads to pride. So let's start with pride. How many guys have know someone who's very prideful, holier than thou, religious jerk? How many know somebody like that? Don't point; just just raise your hand. <laughs> I know somebody like that. You know, I you know that somebody is always right, never wrong, and and they've never done anything wrong. And I had a a, a pastor's men's group one time, and. And, uh, and so it was back in the uh, mid-90s, and I started, we started to share our faults. And I started to share something very personal that I had failed in. And I wanted them to do that. And this, this one pastor, a lot older than I was, just really, I never had that done, never had to do that, never done that, never had a re- reason to do that. I mean, he just going, I mean, we're, we're just we're sharing our hearts. So I just shut up. I'm not going to share anything else to that person. That's right. You know, and, and come to find out, he wasn't as holy as he thought he was. It was outward, but inward. He had things going on in his life that was wrong. Now, he's since apologized to me. He remembered that the Lord brought that up. And because he, he had did some things wrong. But God's really, you know, the th- great thing about it is not about the external. It leads to pride when you do that. It leads to pride. You know, Luke 18 uh, we see a story about Jesus, and he said the religious Pharisees, they were in this temple, and they were so full of pride, and they, they prayed about themselves. So they would go into the temple, and they really pray about themselves, and they said, oh, thank God that I'm so righteous, and I'm not like that poor tax collector. I tithe, I pray, you know, they're all, always focused on themselves. Listen, listen, religion will focus on you. When that happens, it's always wrong. Our focus is to be who? Jesus. And so Jesus said, man, you got it wrong. You're not right. The tax collector's right. You're not. You're wrong. It'll bring pride into your life. The other thing, problem with religion, it brings despair because you're like, man, I, I, I'm not good enough. I I, you know, there's other people, they, they're religious, and they, they, like to, they, like to, they like to worship, they like to pray, they like to read the Word. I can't even make it to church two weeks in a row. 
None of you are in here like that, right? And so we're looking like, like God, I, I can't do this. I mean, there's this guy, he likes to pray. And he, he prays all the time. And I don't like to pray. I get bored. I'm ADD. I, I start praying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. I, and then I said, give us our day, our daily bread. I, I think, man, I need to go home to get some bread. We're out of bread. <laughs> I need to get an oil change. And I mean, we're just, we just start moving and start going some other way. And I'm not, I'm never good in that despair. I can't measure up. Religion always will bring to that point. I can't measure up. So we have this idea that we're supposed to be like, and it doesn't come from the Lord, but it comes from our own ideas, our own external things that we're trying to make it to God. And we're not dealing with the hard issues. You know, one of the things that I I see, and I I get to hang out with pastors and even minister to pastors, and they minister to me. And one of the things that sometimes I see in a lot of leaders is that they're always focused on just leadership books. They think if I can be a better leader, I, I need to... I need to do that. And one of the greatest things a counselor told me when I went to counseling, but your pastor goes to counseling. I need it. Yeah, no problem. And you need it too, okay? <laughs> we all need it. We can do some spiritual advising here, but we have recommendations if you, if you need it. But we all need to get counseling. So I'm, uh, I'm in counseling, and uh, my, my counselor said, um, he says, he says, what books you read? And I, I let, let the list and it's all leadership and all, even my doctrinal books were about preaching, about teaching, about being better. And he says, I want you to stop it. You don't need any more leadership books. What are you reading that gets you closer to the Lord? What are you reading about your own heart? So what are you reading? And so he says, I want you to read this book. It's a, it's a Christian book. He says, The Gift of Being Yourself. Oh, the most powerful book I've ever read. See, we miss it. We think we have to act out and we, we think we have to be this. And listen, we fail every single time. That's what religion does. It will make you be in despair. You're, you'll just be in depression because you never will line up to what really is what is needed. And that's what religion does. It puffs up. It makes you feel proud. It makes you feel in despair. And that's, my friends, is the normal approach to God. Religion is based on externals. But there's something different. There's something that God um, wants to bring you into. He wants to bring you something very different. It's not religion, but it's, it's really the Son of God. It's really Jesus Christ. Religion is normal, man's normal attempt to reach God. But Christ is God's weird way to reach man. See, the thing about it is, is that, and I don't know if you ever thought about it this way, because a lot of times, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, that verse and everything, it becomes so, so um, normal to us. And it becomes so... Um, where we just put it on the side and we don't even think about it, how great that verse actually is, John 3.16. And we take advantage of that in some ways. Become complacent with the cross. 
and what he went through. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. Let me show you what I'm saying here. Paul gives us a contrast of religion versus something else, a revolutionary, a real relationship with the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, if anyone else thinks he has any reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. And so here's Paul. And this is what he means by that. He says, I'm, I'm, I, sh- I should have more confidence in my flesh than anybody. And it's not a prideful statement he's saying there. He, he's going to back it up here. He says, I've been circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of ben- Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee of Pharisees. For, as for zeal persecuting the church, that's righteous base of the law, faultless. So he's saying here, that I am, I am, if anybody should boast about my deeds, I did it better than anybody else. I lived the law better than anybody else. I was religious. I, I lived this law. I did everything. I was circumcised on the eighth day. People of Israel, tribe of vision, of Hebrews, of Hebrews. He persecuted with zeal the church. He did it all. You can't be any more religious than Paul. He had it all. He did it all. But look what he says. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider them lost. For what reason? For the sake of Christ. I consider all of that, all of that junk, all that stuff lost for the sake of Christ. Everything I did, everything I was I was great at everything, all my, my, my religious upbringing, my, I, you know, I grew up in, in, that, in that culture and I, I did everything that was supposed to be right on the outside, but it was all lost. He says, he switched gears. He says, I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Look at verse 8. He said, what is more? I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Man, that's good. Everything. He considers it rubbish, that he may gain Christ. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith, considers that rubbish. Everything, everything that I have done, everything that I'm trying to do, I was trying to do to reach God, to please God, to be, to be like God, was rubbish. And I cancel all that out. And my only pursuit is the cause of Christ. My only pursuit is to have a relationship with Christ. Now, that, that word rubbish in the, in the Greek is the, the word um, uh, skubala. Everybody say skubala. Rubbish is a nice way of saying scuba. In fact, the King James Version translated a little bit better correctly as dung. Scuba actually means human or animal waste. So um, even rubbish, trash, garbage... um, Dung, I mean, that, that's even not as strong as a word as he's using here. 
So, I mean, I, I can't really say their word in the crowd and wouldn't even say it privately. It's a very disgusting word, very not good word. But, I mean, if you had a bumper sticker, it would say, Scubala happens. You get it? <laughs> but that's how strong he was coming against works. He was coming against that. Is worthless. Is worthless. And this is what we do. Some of us, we pick out our own religion. And where we're trying to please God through the externals. I've seen people pick out, I'll do this and do this, but I won't do this and this. I'll, I'll, do, I'll keep this, you know. Yeah, it's okay for me to drink, and that's true in the Bible. It doesn't say anything against drinking. It says something getting drunk, but, but I'll, I'll drink a little bit. I, I, won't, I won't do this, and, but I'm not going to do that. And, and if you do that, I don't think it's right, and you'll condemn other people. That's what religion does. And then we'll, then we'll, then we'll take a little bit of Buddhism. Because that's really the thing going right now. We'll take a little bit of that, a new little new age. We'll put that together. And we actually make our own religion. And it's all a bunch of scubula. It's a pile of scubula. Right? I want to be strong with it. Because I want you to know it has nothing to do with God. Christ came after you. He gave his life for you. You had nothing to do with it. You and I have nothing to do with doing it. All we can do is die to ourselves and give it all to him and build that relationship with him. And the, the, the scary thing about, about when Jesus said, I never knew you, I don't want ever to hear that voice from the Lord. I want to know him. And I don't know him because I'm, I'm checking off my Christian list of, oh, this is what it means to be a Christian. No, I know in him in the deep times of my prayer. I know in him in the deep times of my worship. I know in him in the deep times of my, in the word. And it's all directed out of a heart. Do I do things out of the heart, not out of a religious way of doing things? To look good for everybody else. It comes out of the heart. I don't do things because it's out of my heart. Not because out of religion. That's what I'm being led by. I'm not, I'm not doing things. I, I don't personally drink. Not because you don't you would think something of me. If I did, no, I don't do it because of you. I do it because that's what the Lord told me to. And you know what? It's a joy to obey when you do it that way. If you have religion, guess what happens? It's a pain in the butt. Because you're not perfect and you can't do it. But when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit that's coming from the inside of your heart and the Holy Spirit leads you that way, it is no problem at all. The problem with sin, you're focused on sin. And you're trying with all your heart to get it out of your life. And it doesn't work because you have no power. He does. And when you're going with Him and you're focusing on Jesus, that's why the writer of Hebrews says, Lay everything down, your sin, everything that weights you down, so you can run this race with patience. And in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. It's a bunch of scubula. 
We've got to get rid of our piles. We've got to clean up. Amen? We've got to get the religion out. We have to get the relationship back in. That's what it's all about. And listen, I'll tell you what. A man whose heart is after God, men and women, who loves the Lord with all their heart, and it's all produced by love, nothing can stop that person. It's like Daniel chapter 11. They that know their God will do great exploits. Why? Because they know Him. It's all about knowing. That's what Paul's saying here. He said, I count that all as loss. That, that was nothing. I consider it loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Knowing Him. That's where we need to be. This week, the week of Passion, Palm Sundays today, and then throughout this week, preparing for Easter. Us as charismatics, Pentecostal, you know, non-denominational churches, we don't do a lot to prepare for Easter. We don't focus on Lent. We probably should. We may do that next year. But I want you this week to prepare for Easter. To prepare for Easter Sunday. Not in a religious way, not in a way, but just in a relationship. Realize that John 3.16 is a great, powerful scripture. One of the most powerful scriptures we have. For God so loved the world that He sent His Son. God was the example of what weird looks like. See, He didn't have to, but He did it out of love. It wasn't a checklist. It wasn't, oh, I have to do this for these stupid people. We're like that, right? Can I step on some toes? Get ready. We do that when we want to serve people. I have to. I have to go to church. I have to, um, I have to serve. I have to... Tithe. I have to give. I have to. I have to be that way. Listen, if you have to use have tos, then you have some issues with your heart because it's out of the heart. It's out of love. It's out of the relationship with God. And when we get into that relationship, this becomes easy. It becomes easy. You can do what you do because out of love. Not because of out of position or out of money or out of um, people giving you a pat on your back. You do it because of love. You know, God, he sent his son. He was weird. He sent his own son without a promise of anybody. He didn't have a committee saying, oh, yeah, we're going to help you. He didn't know. I mean, he knew. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, you know. But he did it anyway. He would have done it whether anybody would have rejected him. Sin a son, born as a virgin. Only happened one time in history. Why? So Jesus would not inherit the sin nature of his earthly father, but inherit 
the heavenly nature of his heavenly father. So Jesus, God in the flesh, his son, could live a sinless life. And when he was old enough, he started to teach some things that amazed people. He said, if you wanted to be the greatest, you'll serve. That's weird. He said, if you want to be the most important, you will be last. If you want to be first, you'll be last. If you give, it will be given unto you. If you want to find your life, you'll lose it. That's the teaching of Christ. That is, that is weird stuff. That's deep stuff. If you, someone hits you on the cheek, turn it. Someone hurts you, bless them. Someone insults you, you pray for them. That's very weird stuff. Someone betrays you, you forgive them. Not just one time, but 70 times 7. And the world's looking on and said, that's the weirdest thing ever. Why? Because they don't understand love Jesus did. He had a relationship with his father. And his whole heart on this earth was to show you what he's like so we could be like him. So we can move out of love and have that relationship. He, he tore the veil in two when he was crucified on the cross. Would that mean that, mean that I have full access to have a relationship with my father again? I can walk with him in the cool of the day or the morning, whatever you like. I can hang out and talk with him and he can talk back to me. I can get revelation from him. I can love him and I can love others as myself. Why? Because... He rose from the dead. That temple that was torn down, he promised that would be raised up in three days, and it was. And it was all because he loved. I love Jesus because he, he didn't hang out with the religious people who looked good. He, he hanged out with you and me. He hung out with, with people that were sinners. Of course, the religious people were sinners, but they didn't act like They didn't say they were. He hung out with the tax collectors, the misfits, you know. That's why I like hanging out here, amen? Because <laughs> we're one, one and the same, right? Amen? He became obedient to death and he crucified and he became our sin. He prayed a prayer on the cross that's the weirdest prayer ever. Hurting, painful, been beaten for no reason. Looks down on them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Wow. That's what we should be like. He became our sin. And he said it was finished. The world went dark, it shook, and the non-believer said this must be the Son of God. Then he rose again three days later. So, you see, he did this for you and I. Why? So we would be able. He chased after you. You cannot do it. You can't do it. It's only by surrender that you can be what's truly religious. Now, religious and religion is not a bad word. Man made it bad, made it wrong. True religion, true God is not wrong. It's just that you can't do it. So you humble yourself and you say, God, here I am. I, 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 I give my life completely to you. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of working on my own. God, I, I want the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I want to build that relationship with you. And I don't know, I don't know where you're at today in some of that walk and some of that understanding, but I want to challenge you today. 
in this week to really focus not on trying to please God, but focus on that relationship with Him. It's not about the outward as much as about the inward. And then when the inward is good, trust me, the outward is going to come in mind. Focus on Him. Build that relationship with Him. And allow His righteousness to change you. Amen? For His glory and His kingdom. Lay aside every weight, every sin, everything. So God, I give that to you. God, I'm sorry for making it a religion, trying to be perfect outwards. Listen, some of you just need to come clean. You try to put on this image that you're all that. You're not fooling anyone. We're not. He is. Repentance is a good thing. Sometimes maybe this week you need to repent. Maybe even now you just need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I tried to live a life that I had no power or authority to live because I did it without you I picked my religion I picked what I wanted to do what I thought would be a nice Christian person and it hasn't worked there has been no life change so instead of living from the outside in I'm going to start living from the inside out and I'm going to build that relationship with you God so bow your heads